It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right. Guys, thank you for being here. I appreciate it so very much. Um, just uh, if you haven't picked it up yet and you're looking to maybe get uh, some reading done, if you if you love books and you're like me, you like to be able to control your thoughts and your emotions, check out my latest book, DominatingYourMind.com, DominatingYourMind.com. Here's the deal. If you go and buy it at Amazon, it's like $20 plus shipping. But if you go to DominatingYourMind.com, you can get it for free. You pay a little bit of shipping and handling. And uh, just uh, get the book. I'll send you the, uh, the Kindle version for free. And uh, then let me know what you think. DominatingYourMind.com. All right. Let's do the uh, – thank you. The quote of the day. The quote of the day comes from Robert Kiyosaki. Real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building an individual's cash flow and wealth. Real estate investing, even on a very small scale, remains a tried and true means of building an individual's cash flow and wealth by the one and only Robert Kiyosaki. All right, let's get this party started. On the show today, Moira Bramley. Um, Moira was born in a small Scottish village that has that was dedicated to mining being the odd child out, always knowing that somehow she didn't fit in. Moya chose to create a life that was different from anything around her. Today, she's a mother, successful businesswoman, wealth creator, anonymous facilitator, and a person who sees the gift that people are and wishes them to get it. Moira Branley, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thank you. I, uh, I'm excited to have you here. This is going to be, I think, a, a very fun conversation. Um, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about your background. I, you know, in the uh, in the intro there, I talked about being in a a small Scottish uh, village, and uh, that was uh, mm-hmm. that's my attempt to be Scottish there. And so tell us about this journey. I mean, because when I'm thinking of a mining town, it's it's not typically a wealth a wealthy town so uh, talk about your journey from your your small village uh, uh, maybe a uh, poverty to wealth talk about this yes okay so uh, yeah I lived in a very small village um, and the mines had closed and there was an air of hopelessness around the village um, and I had a very small life um, I lived in a government house which was very small very damp cold, freezing in the We had linoleum. I don't know if people know what linoleum is, but we didn't have carpets. We had linoleum on the floor. We had no heating in the house other than the sitting room. So when you wanted to go to the bathroom, you made a run for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, I I had an elder elder sister who she's now a psychotherapist in London and um, a a younger brother who's a heroin addict. (laughs) And, um, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's just looking at the choices that people make. Um, 
it's just fascinating to me. We all came from the same family, and I was the one who chose to be a multimillionaire. I was like, I am not living like this. Um, when I started school, I was my sister was 18 months older than me, and she was so excited because she had nothing. I mean, we were very culturally deprived as well. So when she went to school, it opened up, opened up a whole new world. And she used to come home every day excited and tell us about it. And I couldn't wait. And when I got there, I was um, very disappointed. And I mean, I won't go as far as to say devastated, but I couldn't <laughs> do what they were asking me to do. So I'm, I, have a, I would be diagnosed if I was diagnosed now with something that my eldest son has, which is called dysgraphia. And it's an inability to... It's where a being functions from extrapolation. So if you say, I don't know, uh, a car, I'll have every single car that I've ever seen since the day I was born flash in front of me, and it's so fast. And then to try and bring that into linearity is almost an impossibility. So I was, like, constantly stressed at school. I couldn't write linearly. Um, there was a lot of things that I just I, concepts that I couldn't understand. Okay, I was so, like, so what? Oh, wait, yeah. L- let me ask you this. Okay, so what is it called again? Dysgraphia. Dysgraphia, and, and, and it sounds dysgraphia. Yeah, D-I-S, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and you're saying that if somebody says, look out for that car, all of a sudden all these cars are flashing, all the cars you've ever seen are flashing in, in front of you. So is it kind yeah. of like photographic memory almost? It's different to that. No, it's more It's not like helpful. It's, um, it's weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's just you hold that in your awareness. So if you right. say um, a dog, again, I'll see every breed of dog, and it's immediate. It's not, it's not like I see the... I do see in pictures. I I see in pictures, but it's just hard to explain. (laughs) And a lot of things for me are hard to explain because I don't just get one piece of information. I get all information at the same time. So I found school extremely difficult and just thought I was stupid, to be honest. (laughs) And um, I have an eldest son. Before he started school, I recognized it in him. Went, wow, when he goes to school, he's not going to be able to write. And sure enough, I sent him to a very high academic achieving, pushy school in Scotland, one of the most expensive schools. And the headmaster called me and said, why have you sent your son to this school? And I said, oh, what do you mean? Like, I didn't know. And he said, well, <laughs> we can't get him to pick up a pencil. And now he is he's 25. He's an executive director of, he lives in London, but he's executive director of a top tech company in Los Angeles. So... Dysgraphia is, for anybody listening to this, the same with um, dyslexia. They are abilities, not disabilities. People see them through a lens of you can't fit into the the education system. You can't fit into normality in any way, shape, or form. Um, uh, He has Asperger's, but extremely high functioning. You met him, you'd go, wow, what a... Nobody would know he was Asperger's, so... All of these disabilities, quote-unquote, they get bad names. It's nonsense. Absolutely. I mean, you know. So, okay. It, so, uh, I so, so just, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to get a, a clearer yeah, picture. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. It, it's, 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 it seems to affect uh, 
uh, your ability to write, uh, and 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 it also does it affect the way I guess you process information? It sounds like, right? Absolutely, totally different, exactly. And I okay. see a lot of things that people don't see. It's the same as the, the, uh, uh, what do you call that when people can't spell? Um, and I have a terrible memory. <laughs> Um, well, you, you know, if they dyslexia. can't spell, it could be a couple dyslexia. of different things, but uh, what is it? <laughs> dyslexia. You know, people dyslexia. dyslexia. Yeah, they can't. Uh, yeah, Richard yeah. Branson is very dyslexic. But yes. they, have to, they have capacities where they think he thinks outside the box to a degree that, you know, um, most people don't. They can't even imagine. So, I mean, when I go to, I'm writing a book right now, I have to say it to somebody who's a good writer and she writes it for me because I can't do it I cannot I give her chunks of information that are all over the place and when I have conversations okay. with people I'm all over the place so I want to talk about this real quick all right so so when you write a book you have to dictate it to somebody who can write it what about not reading? even dictate it it's yeah it's in, it's like she'll ask me questions and she'll say okay what about this and what about that and what about this because I can't put things in linear form. It's some some people function in ways that are, are nothing short of bizarre, but they have capacities that are phenomenal. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, we're just now starting to realize how how we can use things like attention deficit disorder, uh, right? I, I mean, there, there, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of people. Well, you know what? And it makes sense that you would have that because. Uh, in order to grab your attention, uh, you know that's got to that's got to be a real uh, a real uh, what do you call it uh, uh, work of art because the way you process information, <laughs> grabbing your attention, has got to be a little bit harder. But we're just starting to realize that a lot of people who have attention deficit disorder, uh, you know, have some uh, capabilities that a lot of other people don't have. Uh, but uh, okay, so here you are. You, but do you know what, Bert? It's go not, ahead. It's not attention deficit disorder. It's called that. It's actually where we're aware of so much that right. we can't put our attention just in one place. Well, you know what? I, I tell you, this is what I have found that because uh, this has been my experience. Mm-hmm. That if you are sitting in a classroom, and, 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 and I don't know about in Scotland or in the UK or wherever, but I know here in America, our classrooms are so out of date. Uh, yeah. And what I mean by even though they're bringing computers in and they're bringing tablets in, uh, the way they teach is, is, is about, uh, about 50 or 100 years old, right? It's completely yeah. out of date. And, and you have students who, you know, they'll – they're, they're, they will call them anything, but they don't like to use the real word, which is bore. Uh, the, 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 the student is bored or the student is not engaged. Why? Absolutely. Because the teacher sucks. The teacher is terrible. Yeah. And of course, trying to fire well, a teacher in the U.S. is almost like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's harder than, uh, I don't know, than yeah. pulling teeth. It's a very difficult process. Yeah. And, and yeah. so uh, our classrooms uh, are out of date. I don't want to take up too much time, but that's just my opinion. But uh, so let let let's move on. Okay, so you started from this background. Uh, you're in this village. Uh, you're 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 now in in are uh, realizing that you have some of these uh, learning uh, 
uh, what do you call it? Well, Learning. There were, cold, uh, there were cold learning difficulties, but they're actually not. And they do such right. a disservice. To, that's why I just want to put it out there. They do such a disservice to so many children who literally leave school thinking they've failed school, whereas it's school that's failed them because right. school didn't recognize who they be and how they function. Well, they're like, I, well, I, you I, don't get this. You can't fit in. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why I really do like. Uh, the term differently abled or, uh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. different, you know, th- they have a different set of strengths. And, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah. look, look, if, again, if you're in the U.S. and you got 50 kids in your classroom, somebody who is differently able, yes, that yeah. may be a little bit difficult. And, and there's, you know, there's situations like that all the time. But you're right. It does beat up your child's self-esteem. I yeah. Uh, I also struggled in school. I was also labeled different things. And uh, uh, once I realized how I processed, yes, I was weird too. And so once I learned how to, how I processed information, I was able to go back uh, and, uh, you know, finish college and, and excel and, and do well. But it took me a while. It did take yeah. me a while. All right. So let's talk about yeah. this. What, what is right. this Wealth Creators Anonymous? Talk about this. It's a group of people who have capacity in some area with business, money, um, generating, that facilitate people who have money, but they don't quite know how to make more money. So it's, and anonymous is a joke. It's just a joke. And it's not a joke. There are so many people that have money, but they're so ashamed of having money. um, And uh, they hide it. And that stops them from um, showing up as them. Now, me, what I've discovered is part of me doing business and part of people's um, first impressions of me, desiring for me to be part of what they are doing, etc., is, is, is me showing up. It's me saying, this is who I am. I'm weird. I have these um, ways of functioning. And I, no, don't ask me to do that. I can't do that. We have to get somebody else to do that. You know, I'll oversee this. And I can tell if it's been done well, I don't have to do it, you know. And I learned yeah. that from my ex, my ex-husband who had um, dyspraxia, dysgraphia. He had ADHD. He had everything. He would um, just phone people who he employed and say, "Okay, can you do this? Can you do that?" He didn't do it. What he did always was negotiate. That was his forte. So it's finding what you're great at and getting other people to do what they're better at than you. Yes. Well, and so that's, I think that's how I have created what I have created is like, okay, who, who, who can show up to do this? Okay, this is what I require. Yes. And, and, and I want to talk about this because this to me is a, is a great takeaway. A lot mm-hmm. of people. And by the way, I'm starting out creating a school just okay, because I just want to, you know, <laughs> throw that out there. All right. So, so but what I was yeah. going to say was, you know, there's so many people that are stuck. W- where they're at because they're trying to do everything. And mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, Richard Branson, since you mentioned him, he was a great advocate of finding somebody who can do it better than you and get them to do it. Yeah. Figure out some yeah. way to hire or collaborate with that person to get that. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I love about Richard Branson, I, I, I don't know him, but from this, the information that I've been able to uh, glean is that he's a, he seems like 
uh, you know, he's very uh, goal oriented, but he's very flexible on how you get to that goal. And, yeah. you know, he, he's just, you know, he's been able to do a lot of great stuff because he's not hung up on trying to do it all himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be right. He's, he, I've watched him do a few interviews. And do you remember the train crash where a lot of people were killed? And I remember him going to the site of the crash and reporters asking him questions. And the vulnerability that he had was, was what stopped people from attacking him. He didn't make out that, you know, he wasn't in the wrong. He didn't have to be right. He was like, this is a tragedy. This is, you know, and he totally barriers down and like we'll do everything we can to find out and, you know, compensate the families. And yeah, the guy's quite amazing in how he deals with people and the honoring that he has for other people, the respect he has is very cool. Yeah. Matter of fact, I tell you, I have a, uh, this is a uh, story uh, from uh, a gentleman named Guy Kawasaki, who's a speaker and used to work for Apple. And so uh, he is uh, in the green room backstage talking to, uh, h- hanging out and talking with Richard Branson. And Richard mm-hmm. Branson asked him, hey, how, you know, how did you get, you know, what, air, what airline did you take to get to this location? And, mm-hmm. you know, he said whatever flight, you know, whatever airline he used. And Richard Branson in his tongue-in-cheek way, or, you know, he jumped to his, or he fell to his knees and said, please, please, please try Virgin Airlines, please. And he, you know, and he did it in in the, you know, Sir Richard Branson way, because he's got a great sense of humor, but he literally got on (laughs) his knees to beg this guy to try uh, Virgin Airlines. Now, here's a guy who's a billionaire, whether mm-hmm. you or I or Guy Kawasaki fly Virgin Airlines, we are not in any way going to change his lifestyle or his pocketbook. But I mm-hmm. was very fascinated by his humility, not mm-hmm. that he just asked this guy to try Virgin Airlines, but the way he did it. Not too many mm-hmm. billionaires, not too many very successful people exactly. would have done what he did. But anyway, so I finally yeah. asked Guy Kawasaki, well, did you, have you tried a, a, a Mer- a Virgin Airlines? He says, yes, mm-hmm. I've tried Virgin Airlines, and they've ruined me forever flying <laughs> other airlines because they are so good at what yeah. they do. It's a different experience. Yeah. And anyway, mm-hmm. so, so – uh, Anyway, let's come back to our conversation. We don't want to spend too much time and, talking and about Sir Richard Branson. You, Go ahead. People remember how you treat them. You know, yes. I, I'd, be, I'd be generous with everybody and contribute to everybody that I can because, you know, those people are more interested in knowing what you're doing and being part of it or inviting you to be part of what they're doing if you be that kind of person, if that's who you be. It opens up possibilities for creating wealth. So who you be is a big factor in the wealth that you create. Absolutely. If you contribute to people, you invite people to the desire to contribute to you, and that's part of vulnerability and receiving, not not having living your life from judgment. I like that. I don't like that. I receive that. I won't receive this. Having fixed points of view about things, and that's one of the things that Richard Branson doesn't do, is have fixed points of view. He listens to everything. 
Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about this. I want to get some of your, I'll say some of your unconventional tips on wealth. Let's talk about some of these. Okay. Um, unconventional tips on wealth. Well, that's one of them. Generosity of spirit. It's, I mean, most people think that they have to get their share of the pie and they do competitions. I mean, generosity of spirit um, is a great way to, people get to know you. I mean, my eldest son, I'm so inspired by him right now. I watch him, who he walks through the world as, is such a benevolent, he's a benevolent capitalist. He is interested in contributing to everybody and people desire to contribute to him. They go, ah, here's Liam coming. You know, and they just, they take their hat off to him and um, are interested in what he's creating. Um, and, and stop judging who you are in relation to money. So, like you say, Richard Branson is a multimillionaire, but he doesn't think I'm great because I have money, um, and you're less because you don't have it. Um, so one of the things I would say is disconnect your value from the money you have. This, this allows you to have more money. Um, be very clear on what it is that you're asking for, very clear, um, and be willing to be what will create it and receive what will create it. Um, surround yourself by, um, you know, the, the the kind of people that you would like to do business with, create with. Um, become more like those people. Look and see, well, what do they be that I don't be, that I would like to be? How can I learn how to be that? What is that that they be? I mean, one of the things that I used to do was, this is weird, but I'm going to tell you anyway, when I walked to and from school, I used to walk 4K to school. And, I mean, I didn't have sufficient clothing. Um, and <laughs> I used to ask, well, what, what, how am I, what, what am I going to do to get money? How am I going to, you know, I am not living like this, walking to school cold. And one of the things that I learned that I, when I was bored walking, was I asked my body how it would need to walk to be noticed and to be somebody in the world. You know how some people will walk into a room and you go, wow, who's that? I want to know who they are. What do they do? You're interested in them. They have an elegance and a presence about them. Well, I'm, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. I'm just saying, what is? I have that. I be that. Right. And I trained myself to be that. So when I walk into a room, people go, oh, who's she? Um, and I choose um, uh, to be... Um, honoring to everybody and I never shrink myself or shrink my space to um, make anybody greater than me I'm just like yeah hi Richard Branson hi uh, Prince Charles you know and I've met Prince Charles and you know um, I don't I don't make myself less than them I am who I am he is who he is you know I've got my great points he's got his I've got my you know whatever and he has his so it's it's having no judgment of yourself. That's a tip. Literally, be who you are, and you know, stand in the face of anything and just be who you are. People yeah. admire that. People admire well, that. And I know this sounds like it's got nothing to do with business, but it has. It has a lot to do with business. Oh, it, it does. It does. Look, look. Uh, I have met a lot of individuals who uh, failed at selling a high ticket item because they didn't have any mm -hmm. money and therefore they didn't think they were, that they should be selling a high ticket item that they couldn't afford. It's insane, isn't it? 
It is. And, and, uh, you know, and so uh, one of the biggest things that I think we all have to overcome and you, and you hit this is, is our validation or our relationship when it comes to money. Uh, Yeah. You're not your bank balance. You're not the car you drive. You're not the house you live in. That's right. And, and and let me tell you, yeah. Right. And, 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 if you think you need the big car, the big house, and the big title, then you're focused on the wrong results. Because first of all, all Ooh, that I'm can be that up. yeah, all of that can be manufactured fairly quickly. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you could rent the big house, you can rent the big car, you can create the title, but that doesn't mean squat unless you have substance to back it up. And I know a exactly. lot of people that rose. To wealth, right? They were incredibly successful. I know a gentleman here locally in Phoenix, uh, and uh, he was uh, uh, a client of mine. His name is what was his name? Uh, Gordon Hall. Gordon Hall was this uh, mm-hmm. was a very unique individual. Uh, at one point, he had a fifty-two thousand square foot home. Uh, he was very uh, uh, braggadocious, and you know he, he definitely had some charisma. But you know he had retained us to do some work, and then uh, it be, you know he, he it quickly became an issue for him to pay us on time. And right. uh, he was kind of you know I realized that his wealth is probably a facade that he didn't that uh, he was probably. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they have this in Scotland, but here in America, you know, they 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 call it uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, and I think <laughs> that he was probably funny. doing something like that. Anyway, bottom line is, he ended up getting arrested and convicted uh, for uh, several different charges of fraud, and I think he's serving like thirty years right. in the federal penitentiary. And I'm using him as an extreme example, meaning on the outside. He looked like he was successful. Fifty-two thousand square yeah. foot house, beautiful cars, yeah. uh, but yeah. he treated people harshly. Uh, he he ended up doing some things to try to make a shortcut. He ended up going to prison for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is well, a syndrome. I can, I, I can Go ahead. I, yeah, I can identify with what you're saying exactly because. I mean, when I my main thing was to get out of poverty when I was <clears throat> a child, sure. and I chose to get I chose to get out of it in a way that I knew was going to be easy for me. I went, okay, I'm gonna. I watched the movie Oliver, you know, Oliver Twist, sure, where he woke up in a whole different reality, and I was like, wow, what that that's possible. <laughs> so I went, I would just have to marry a rich man. So that's what I did. I chose a man with money who desired to contribute to me it's not like I conned him he desired to contribute to me and I went okay I'll have this so I hid behind money and status I mean when I moved into um, a 12 million dollar dollar house on the beach in the Channel Islands I'm not saying it dollars because you're in America um, on the Channel Islands and I was driving a Porsche Cayenne and I was I moved into the house. It was a hotel, and we knocked it down and built a beautiful big house. And I moved into the house, and I was like, well, is this it? Literally. Because I, <laughs> I, I always hung 
I would be happy once I got the amount of money that I, you know, 2.5 kids, a husband, the big right. house, flying in private jets. I was like, okay, that'll be it. And I, and I, the book that I'm writing is came from nothing, have too much and still asking for more. But the more is way beyond money now. It's a level of presence and being and creating change in the world. That's the only thing that makes me want to be alive, to be honest. Um, so money just didn't, on its own, was just, it was hollow. And here's the other thing, the, 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 here's the bizarre thing that I've become aware of over time is if we didn't have bodies, we wouldn't need money. And how many people are connected to their body and have the joy of their body, don't judge their body, and... Um, you know, we drag these bodies around. We're aware of when they're hungry, thirsty, in pain. But apart from that, we don't really um, enjoy our money through our bodies. It's insane. It's crazy. Yes. We have bodies. Yeah. We want to, you know, I'm, sit, I'm sitting right now in the most comfortable chair in the world. <laughs> And I and I everything that I choose, I, I can't wear clothes that are uncomfortable. You know, um, I'm flying tomorrow to Malaysia. I wouldn't fly economy class. It wouldn't be my choice. <laughs> and it's all for you have money for your body, and yet people aren't connected to their bodies. And this is another way that I've gained wealth is through the awareness of my body. Your body gives you information of what's happening. Sorry, this is getting weird. Tell me if you want to change the subject. But you're, you're aware of what your body tells you what's happening inside. But also, right. it's like the cat's whiskers. It's a sensory organ that gives you information of everything that's happening round about you. Like animals have. We have the same capacity as animals. And we can use this in business. Um but we've cut it off. It's a language that we have that we've let die. Um, so, for example, if somebody's standing in front of me and they're lying, I know when they're lying because my body tells me. I've trained my body for years to uh, hear the information that it tells me. You know, if I'm standing, I have an American staffy. If I'm standing next to my staffy and my staffy is getting weird with another person or a dog, I know before she backs that she's uncomfortable because her right. body tells my body i'm about to have a i'm about to have a tantrum here you know or whatever so i know this is getting weird but it's just a whole other aspect that you probably haven't had on your show before but we don't use our bodies in business and our bodies are phenomenal yes no i totally I mean, agree with like, you i mean the, during the for example during the tsunami in the phuket in thailand People walked out the beach and picked up the dead fish. The animals, they were in the hills long before the tsunami hit. Long before the tsunami hit. We yeah. have come, grown out of that. We know, we, our bodies know that, but we totally ignore them. Totally ignore them. So yeah, it's just no, something for people to contemplate. Uh, you know, is, it, is that really possible? Is she talking bullshit here? Can you really use your body in business? Yes. So I'm just planting that seed so that people later on can go, hmm, I wonder. Well, and, and, and let's, look, here, here's a real simple example, too. Uh, you mentioned the one about, you know, uh, when uh, your pet starts getting nervous, you know, it... it, it my, my, it body, my body starts getting nervous. Your body starts getting nervous. Okay, but, but check this out. 
There's, you know, body language is another way of using your body. You can use your body language uh, to communicate fear or uncertainty or confidence or yeah. energy. And, yeah. and so, yeah, we're using our bodies all the time. The difference is that most of us don't use it intentionally, and that's exactly a mistake. Well, it's just a waste. It's crazy. It's like it's part of the joy of living. Yes. It's Absolutely. fun, Bert. It's fun. All I right, mean, listen, I, we're I out of time. You talking? Talk yeah, cool. Go on. I was going to say we're <laughs> out of time. And, but if somebody wanted to find out more about you, is there a website? I don't have I don't have it here in my notes. Yes. Um, yeah, www. No, not www. Sorry, just moirabramley.com. Moira, Moira Bramley. Moira, wasn't, Moira, 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 Moira. Moira. Wasn't that yeah. was, wasn't that one of the characters in Peter Pan? Moira, I can't remember a character in Peter Pan. Moira, no, okay. you're thinking about um, what was her name? No, I don't think so. I might be wrong. But I'm <laughs> going to watch it now. <laughs> oh man! All right, so um, I'll spell this out. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Moira, M-O-I-R-A, Bramley, B-R-A-M-L-E-Y.com. Moira Bramley, thank you so much for stopping by today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Bat. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All righty. You bet. Good stuff there from uh, Moira Bramley. I love her weirdness. We're all weird. And I say this all the time. If you want to have a successful relationship, meaning – whether it's romantic or business relationship, you've got to find somebody who is as weird as you or who likes your weirdness. You know, so we're all weird. That's one of the takeaways from today's show. Another one is using your body. Another great takeaway is be clear as to what you want uh, because you might get it otherwise. Anyway, a lot of great takeaways. Let's share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many people as we can uh, understand some of these great strategies, some of these weird ways to uh, facilitate wealth into our lives. As always, my friends, thank you for for being here. Thank you so much for sharing this episode. Thank you for your support. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.